All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us for lesson seven in the Guarding Your Heart During the End Time series. Now, the subtitle tonight is Guarding Your Heart with Empathy. Guarding Your Heart with Empathy. Okay. Now, before I give the textbook definition of what empathy is, what comes to mind when you hear that word? Empathy. Compassion. Sympathy. Caring. Deep caring. Yeah. Be able to identify. Identification. Okay. Identification. That's a big one. Okay. All right. Now, I got this from OpenAI, okay? This is what OpenAI says. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. It involves putting yourself in someone else's shoes and experiencing their emotions and perspectives. Empathy allows us to connect with others on a deeper level, showing compassion and offering support and understanding. It helps in building stronger relationships, resolving conflicts, and fostering a sense of unity and belonging. And empathy is an important social skill that promotes kindness and emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence, have, how many of you have heard of that word? Okay. All right. Now, that word just jumped out to me. I want to get the definition of this. You know what? Let me ask Siri. Hey, Siri. Hmm? What does emotional intelligence mean? Emotional intelligence means the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. Thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> okay. So now emotional intelligence, that's something that godly people should have, right? All right. Now I'm saying this stuff because when we talk about, because the whole series has been about guarding our hearts, right? And when we talk about one of the strategies that the enemy is using and has used and will continue to use is against us is division, schism, right? So Eric, he used the word identification when talking about empathy, okay? Now, being able to identify with other people in their struggles, in their differences, if anybody is supposed to exemplify that, it's us, right? Is that true? To an even higher degree, definitely. Okay. All right. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians twelve. 
Um, let's start at verse 20. First Corinthians 12, starting at verse 20. Alright, I'm reading in the New Living Translation, it reads like this. Yes, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that shouldn't not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require that special care. So God has put the body together such that the extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together is Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Now look at verse 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all parts are glad. In the Amplified, it says, And if one member suffers, all the parts share the suffering. If one member is honored, all the members share in the enjoyment of it. Now, you see, we started with the definition of empathy, right? And we see how Paul, using this example of the, the connection we have with each other as members of the body, right? Now, let me, let me put this out here. When we talk about identification, what the word... Eric used. Okay. What are some people groups or some types of individuals in our world today that we as believers sometimes have had a difficult time identifying with or having having empathy towards? Luciferians. <laughs> For oh, me. <laughs> okay, that, that's obvious. <laughs> I don't well, I'm telling you, there's a lot more so. of them than you think. <laughs> I kind of walking around know. us every day. <laughs> All right. I think people with different political beliefs, that's a big one. I mean, we all, you know what I'm saying? Um, okay. Being able to look at somebody, you know, and go like, I'm not justifying what they do. Like, let's just use a real example from you know, abortion. Like if a woman has an abortion, you're looking at them and you're like, okay, it ain't right, it ain't right in any instance, but looking at them and going, okay, what's going on, Jesus? You know what's going on in their mind and their heart? I want to be there for them. I want them to have someone they can confide and be able to say, like, hey, you know, I feel bad for it, or I did it because I 
wasn't sure what to do or was like earlier in my life, whatever, whatever, it's many, you know, situations, but mm. it's really weird. We're talking about this. It's like one of those Holy Spirit things. I was thinking about this in the past few days, you know, but things like that, you know. Okay. Okay. All right. Sweet. So we got two. So Terry said, um, Luciferians and those with different political beliefs than we have. All right. I think the um, LGBTQ community. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yes. Big one. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's. All right. We got three. Let's talk about each of those. Now, what makes it difficult for us to identify with a Luciferian, like Terry said? I mean, it's obvious. Because you're talking evil. They're, they're worshiping the devil. Okay. It's hard to grasp very, very someone who's right. so really a devil worshiper. Uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Satanist. Yeah, Satanist and all that. Okay. Right. Now, obviously, they on the exact opposite end of the spectrum as, as we are, right? As far as our belief system. But, but, if they're walking and breathing, there are people mm -hmm. that God loves. But can we say, from our perspective, can we say these are individuals that are deceived? Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. Okay, now, now, can we all say that we have been deceived ourselves at mm -hmm. different in different areas of our life oh, no, before? <laughs> right? Yes, for sure. Yes, for sure. All right. All right. So, again, now this one is, I mean, it, it, this one's a little more simple, right? Because, you know, obviously we're talking about somebody who has a, 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 a worldview that's connected with the worship of the enemy from, in, in, from our worldview. Right. As believers in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we can identify, OK, there, there's deception there. But let's say I work with somebody. Or got a neighbor. That's practicing this, like do they believe this? Now, how do I respond to them? Because now in my carnal self, my natural self, it's like you crazy. I don't have nothing to do with you. But let's say the person, you know they 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 have this belief system, but they're cordial with you. They speak. They, you know, y'all you you can have small talk with this person. How how do we interact with this individual in a godly manner? Keep your caps away from them. <laughs> And you chill with them. Okay. I would just talk to them like they're friends. I try to I try to start a rapport and see if I could get get anywhere with it, you know? Okay. I would say follow um that next chapter, uh, thirteen. I think that's where it says bear all things, mm -hmm. believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. So you just bear it, you know, 
you know, even though you know it's totally opposite of you and they totally deceive, you believe in that they're going to come out of it, you know, because we know it's God's will that they be saved. So you got hope that it's going to happen one day. And then you endure it, the relationship or the circumstances until that time comes. Now, we say you're probably engaging in a lot of spiritual warfare because undoubtedly they will be cursing you and mm-hmm. such. Yeah. And David chimed in. He says, all their sins have been forgiven. Christ is not angry with them. Did he? Jesus paid the price for their yeah. sins too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but the difference is where they stand. They don't. They haven't come to that revelation of that. They haven't received it yet. But a lot of believers don't believe that. So, if you don't believe that they're sending up forgiven, taking care of them, then you're probably going to have a different response or reaction. You may be very um. I'm not going to try to build a relationship or try to be sympathetic mm-hmm. to that. If I don't believe, because I'll go and, you know, if I'm just preaching hell and brimstone to them, then. Mm-hmm. Right. As, as if, you know, as if there was a pre cleansing process before you get saved. Right. And it takes that song, Come as You Are, mm-hmm. Come Just As You Are. Mm-hmm. It just. Right. It doesn't apply to them because it does, but I'm just saying that's what it would look like. Okay. Yeah. Come just as you are until the next week, then you gotta get religious. <laughs> all right. But that's the thing. You know, all of us in, in reference to our stance before God, everybody that's been born of a woman is on the same level. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But see, again, you know, that takes me not me knowing no man after the flesh. And that's not easy to continue to walk in that because we, you know, that that takes a level of just revelation and consistent fellowship with the Lord that is, you know, it, it is a level of discipleship that. A lot of us, you know, we have ebbs and flows. We have seasons where, you know, we're 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 more sensitive, more sensitive to the spirit and, and the things of the spirit. And then there are times where, you know, our, our flesh is more at the forefront. And it's and it's more difficult to deal with individuals that are not in line with our belief system. I have more problem with people that are going to the same church I'm going to, and they're not living the life. People that are out there, I mean, they're not living the life you don't expect them to. But there are people that are going to church with you, and you know, you get to talking to them, and you find out they're doing things and going places that they should never be gone and doing. You know. Ooh, all right. Let's jump on that. Okay, let's 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 talk about that now. Why does that <coughs> hit a nerve the way it does? Why does that bother us? So say Joe, Joe, Joe Schmo 
sings in the choir, go to the same church. But he doing some other things. You know, he talked to you in the hallway or whatever outside the parking lot. He's telling you about, you know, how many joints he smoked last night. And his girlfriend. And, and you know, and how, you know, how he left, you know, his girlfriend house a couple of days ago and then did some things and all this type of stuff. Right. And he's, you know, sold him a, a few dime bags to make some extra dollars. Right. Now, why does that bother us? It wouldn't bother me if the guy wasn't in the same church I was in. <laughs> he wouldn't tell him, hey, man, get out there in the world. That's where you belong. You don't belong here. You know, get, get, get your stuff together. Okay. No, it still bothers me. Because if you're part of the body, I'm like, because I mean, well, this to me, I know there are unbelievers who come to me and talk about other believers, you know, mm-hmm. say, you know, you see what so-and-so is doing. And I don't respond. I just like, well, yeah, we pray for them. But I see what they're talking about. And they're like, you know, you know, you're doing this and this, you know, and it's hypocritical, but I just like, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. but And I don't bash. Mm-hmm. I learned not to bash them, but I just... But if we're what they're saying is if we're in a workplace and we've got a testimony, everybody in there is watching you every day. Yeah, because I can remember talking to people in the, be- in the beginning when I first went to work at this place, and I had one guy sitting at a table. He looked at me and he said, "F you and your God," and he got up and walked out. Right. Five months later, he was sitting, came back, sat at the same table, and he started cussing. He goes, "Oh, Gene, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you were here." So like they're they're watching you. They're All watching right. to see if you're living the life. But I'm saying I'm getting the feedback from these yeah. people. They're saying, you know, so and so is, you know, and, they, and I'm like, yeah, it's true, you know, because I see it myself. Yeah, yeah. And it, I do it. It grieves me. So I'm like, you know, maybe I'm. Not, I'm saying it makes it maybe hard to reach that person because they're looking. Mm-hmm. I had a guy who who who, who was uh, he wanted me to be godfather to his child and stuff and. Uh, he would go to concerts that were terrible, and and, and he said, "What do you think about that?" And I said, "You don't, you don't, you don't come under conviction for for the stuff you do." He goes, "Don't even go there." <laughs> I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Don't even go there." That means he's coming under conviction. He's just not yielding. Well, you, you have know? that, and then you have people. We've discussed lots of times. We're all on a journey, and we're in different places. Right. And some people have not yet been convicted of things. Maybe they don't even know. Right. Think of all the Christians we have who don't really read the word. They're not in a church where they're hearing the truth. Sin's not preached. So they really, all honestly, you would think that, that there would be some conviction. But, I mean, you and I know people that cuss like troopers and, well, God just hadn't convicted them of that yet. He's working on other things, you know. So I think, too, that... Sometimes we can get all the cross your eyes, dot your teeth stuff, like right in the Bible and the Word and stuff. And I think about with me, I walked out, and I'm not trying to like look at me, like I, I'll say it this way. I quote unquote, in my later teens, early 20s, 20s, walked out all this stuff, you know, wore the right bathing suit, talked the right talk, did the right dating stance, all that stuff. But it was nothing to me, it was bondage. So when I broke out of all that and really just talk with God and be real and stuff, 
Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been able to be a better witness than like when I did all the right stuff, if that makes sense. And it's not that I'm purposely doing that stuff now. It's just when you rely on God and not yourself, people see that. And then if you make a mistake, they see the realness, you know, I actually had an opportunity yesterday. It's a long story, but some of my higher ups in my job in my, my grocery store I work at, I was presented a position um, a full-time position that I'm praying about. It's not really about that, but I let them know no matter what decision I made, I, I appreciated it with an honor. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, my um, store manager asked me, actually asked me, he goes, do you feel like you're a part of the family here? And anyways, I said, you know, he was asking me in the night, he goes, do you feel like you're part of the, you know, food family? And I said, I do. And I said, to be honest, and I know I can be real with these people. They know me. Like, I, I'm like, I'm not going to be, you know, punished at my job for talking about religion or something. I go, I said, I really felt I needed to come here. I said I was off from retail for like a year and a half or whatever. And I said, I only, you know, I clean houses too. I said, but when I came, I said, I knew. I said, I really felt in my heart. I said, I prayed. And my store manager asked me, he goes, you pray a lot, don't you? He smile. And I said, I knew. He goes, mention my name sometime. And then my <laughs> front end manager was just beaming and we were talking. I'm like, mm-hmm. they're just the little things, you know, not about, you know, that I did everything perfect and walked a straight line. I, I know I made plenty of mistakes, but to that he's a good dad that our father is to show that you know that's good but i mean i've learned not to because you got to be very careful not to become come across as being self-righteous you gotta because then you know when i feel myself going that route so even when people like i said they come to me mm-hmm. and so i'm always trying to keep in the forefront okay yeah remember where you were we all have blind spots. Yeah, that are remember where you came from. Remember you had an mm-hmm. issue here. So I try to keep that in the forefront of my mind. If, I, if I'm going that route, I'm being self-righteous. Okay, I got to pull it back because mm-hmm. I was here one, and I was doing this. Mm-hmm. I may not have been doing it, but I was doing this. So to me, I try to keep that mm-hmm. for me because you know, in the past, you know, <clears throat> I just went in on people. Like I told y'all, one girl a long time ago, I went in on her and she said, well, I ain't coming to your church. You can believe that. <laughs> no, so, but I've learned not to, <laughs> not to go that, you know, keep myself, you know, trying to always be aware. But it's sometimes you be like, because recently I had a discussion with him, like, I was talking to her. It's like, I told okay, I said, I, I, I'm done. Because it's just going this year and I does. If you can get it across to people that all God wants to do is keep them safe and happy, you know? Yeah. Because they always used to say to me, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I said, I can do anything I want to do. I just don't want to do that stuff yeah. anymore. I'm not trying, I'm not fighting it and saying, oh, I really want to do this, but I won't do it for, for the Lord. I just didn't want to. My want to is left, you know? Okay. All right. Let's go to Galatians 6. Because I just I want us to hear what you know what what Julie shared with us and what Eric shared, right? And remaining on the theme of guarding our our hearts, because you can you can get to a place where you know if again if we if if we're too focused on our behavior and the behavior of other people, that that natural tendency to compare mm-hmm. is going to crop up and it's going to corrupt us. All right, but Galatians 6, starting at verse 1 in the, in the, the, the New Amplified, says, Brothers, 
If anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ, that is, the law of Christian love. For if anyone thinks he is spiritual, I mean, if he thinks he is something special, when in fact he is nothing special except in his own eyes, he deceives himself. But each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, attitudes, and behavior. And then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another. So you see how not forgetting where we come from, how it can keep us grounded. Because again, you know, you you gonna hit, you know, especially as 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 the days increase, just the types of stories that people tell, the things that folks are doing, it's like, Lord have mercy, what in the world? But again, stepping back and looking at it with a spiritual lens can help us to may remain soft-hearted enough to be witnesses in our in our deeds and with our words. But again, you know, there's still an area where we we ourselves have to be mindful. Right? Because remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24. I'm going to quote that real quick just to Matthew 24 and 10, where he says, is it 10? Yeah. No, 12, I'm sorry. Matthew 24 and 12, where he says, and the love of the great body of people will grow cold because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity. And we, and, you know, we talked about that the cycle of sin how I can do something wrong to you, you feel some kind of way, you retaliate back, then I'm hurt again, then the people around both of us are affected, and this that sin multiplies, it spreads, right? And, just, and, and being too connected to the world and just seeing the hurt, the pain in relationships and just in society at large. I mean, if you if you have had conversations with people and think about how, you know, just the the, the, the general attitude of people, you know, it, there's there is a level of coldness that in this hour that we live in, that you may not have seen 60, 70 years ago, 100 years ago. Now, was sin in the world? Absolutely. 
But again, just, you know, looking at and, and people can testify. People older, older folks can testify to this. <clears throat> so this is why, again, when we just when talking about keeping our hearts guarded, it is it is imperative that we just stay connected with God's love, God's people. Right. And then having a, a true picture of, of who we are. And our continuous need for him every day, regardless of how many boxes we're checking. Mm -hmm. I had a discussion today with my hairdresser, not to offend anybody who's on Facebook. This is coming from an old person. Someone sent me something that I needed. It was something in the family, and she sent me this thing so I could read it. And so I'm just scrolling down through her Facebook page, and I thought, that's one reason I don't do this. It seems so fake and so disingenuous to me. It's like there's a Facebook lingo that everybody's mastered, and everybody uses these same phrases, and it's just chop, chop. There's no humanness to it. And these people say, you know, friend, and, the, and they hardly know these people. It's so shallow. And she was saying, well, you need to be on Facebook. That way you can keep, I said, I'm telling you, no, I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't need no shallow relationships. Remember, <laughs> I'm too old for shallow you relationships. You remember Mason put me on there for one day? Oh, my gosh. I had 250 friends in a day. Oh, man. And I thought. Get me off of this you thing. Be popular, popular, man. No, it's all from New Jersey. They're all the, the people I grew up with. The crazy oh, people. I'm saying you're popular. Yeah, he was. I was, <laughs> I, I was fortunate. When I got saved, I worked in a factory. There was 300 people there, a glass factory, right? And about 150 of them were druggies, and I was one of them. So when I got saved, I was right in the middle of that. And they saw that I was changed. I mean, I was changed overnight. Like, I had a, a conversion like I don't think anybody else ever had. I was like... The devil one day, and the next day, I couldn't even think about doing something bad. And those guys realized it, and it, they, they accepted me, you know. And, and eventually, like I could go in where they were doing drugs, I could go back there where they were doing drugs and talk to them and share with them. And they trusted me. I wasn't going to turn them in, you know. But I think that's one of the things for the heart, because of the hardness of heart, because of technology. Relationships are very guarded. And you only expose to people what you want exposed. There's there's not a lot of realness to it. Oh, man. my problem. I mean, I let it all hang out. I mean, one thing about social media now is it's, everybody's got a voice. I don't care if you, the the mama that stays at home, she got a voice. No matter what, you got a voice and you can just grab, click live. Say stuff, mm -hmm. you know, just rant and rave, and, <clears throat> and you know, and, and the body of Christ, we just, whoo, I mean, go in, and you can go in on people without what we talking about with no empathy, don't don't understand the story, don't have the force, and just you call a woman of a story, but it's also none of, of your business boy, nine exactly times right. out of ten. Yeah, that's so you're of getting it. involved in things. Right, but everybody has an opinion, and everybody, and you know, and you know, and, and now it's for clicks and likes, and so all you, you don't, you ain't got to be have no degree in, in communication, 
and just go on and bam and mm-hmm. say stuff and then you get enough likes and clicks, all of a sudden now you're getting paid. Yeah, and, not, and you're not dealing with real life consequences for right. relationships. Yeah, it's yeah. That's just yeah. my personal. Yeah, I'm old. Okay. So and I'm it's, old. A, it's a place to you know. It's a place. And actually, not. I'm not saying that all of them, but it's a place for a lot of criticism. It's not you know. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of it's not ministry. It's criticism. It's criticizing people and they this this and that this mm-hmm. and that and on both sides, secular and. You know, Christian people—it's just a lot of criticism, and and I see. Like I said, I just and I um do my job to screen. You know, I don't watch all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's just a lot of just people. Everybody got an opinion. Everybody want to say something, and like you said, of course, you got fake friends. Yeah, you you'll be about. my age. Roy Rogers, believe the Beaver, father knows best. Mm. You go from there to what's up there now. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's different. It's way, way different. But I, I agree with you, Terry. You know, I, I, I have social media. I, I keep it in a place in my, you know, mine in my life. But I've had times. I know we've all maybe who've had social media have had to do this. Sometimes you have to just kind of stay away from yeah. it. I, it's the proverbial. You know, you look and whatever you're wanting, it looks like everybody else has. Like, you want to get married, you want a child, you want a job, want a company, whatever it is. You'll see somebody else like. You know, it's the, the pictures, and you don't see behind the scenes. I had a friend who shared something that's funny. I actually know her pretty well. Um, you know, personally more. She put on there, and she even tagged her husband, and it was kind of funny. They were making jokes about it. But it was the married couple on Facebook, and it showed, like, Titanic, Jack, and, you know, Rose and, <laughs> in the front of the ship. And then it showed in real life, and they were kind of, not like abusing each other, they were kind of arguing and stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was putting a laugh face. I go, that's what, you know, it is, you know. So, yeah, I totally see you know, that behind that. Back to your original question, do you? because the first verse that came in my mind was 2 Corinthians 1, 4. Do you think it's easier to empathize with people when you have suffered the same thing? Because I, I, I have I a really yeah. difficult time right. identifying with drug addicts. Now, I say, right. okay, yeah, I probably have eaten too much chocolate I, I, in my life. I, I but, don't, because I was one. I know, so you're drawn to those people. That's what I'm saying. It's easy. The ministry just flows out of you. For me, not so much. And so when the whole when that verse says that you comfort with the comfort with which you've been comforted, mm-hmm. means that you've gone through similar mm-hmm. a similar walk, and it's just easier. Yeah, but he knows all the ins and outs of that lifestyle. And so when somebody tells him something, yeah, I get it. You get it. You mm-hmm. admit it. Mm-hmm. Me and her, we'd be like, mm-hmm. oh. somebody else want to come minister to this person? Right. Yeah, that's, that's right. You said something right now in the middle mm-hmm. of the red light district, and you're like, uh, what do I do here? No, I'm saying, I'm right at home. I'm right at home. When I, I went over there with Rock Church, and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we're ministering everybody on the sidewalk, and I had all the hookers in front of me. They're waiting for prayer. See, God, he convicted me of, you know, and talked to me over religion and, like, people who deal with religious, like, religious, I'll say religious people. I was one of them, okay? I was, like, mm-hmm. like an extreme Pharisee. But, you know, it, it God dealt with me in the past few years because it also burned me and scared me and almost killed me. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to deal with religious people. I was like, ah, like, you know, whatever. God did a few things where 
I was doing something one day and just in the middle of it, like, God, I don't want to deal with religious people. Like, yeah, I was a few years ago, I was like, really, like, ranting. And it was like, God, first God tells me one time, it's like, you were one of them. Like, you know, like, got me, you know, and it's that very gentle, you know, like, correction that even if it's firm, it feels good at the same time from God. But then another time I did the same thing. And I felt like God literally grabbed my shoulder, like, gently. And, like, if God had tears in his eyes, it was, where would you be? And it brought me to tears. If I had not rescued you. Like, don't criticize people who are critical because you've been and there's like you've been there even and even more this is another thing when the father figure i've mentioned here a lot that you know really changed face on me and he like judged me and stuff i got really you know i, I was allowed of course to be hurt by that but when i was like man, i know what he was thinking and all this stuff and god asked me i might have said this before you know here but you know it was just relevant to this god had asked me it's like how do you know what he's thinking or you think you know what he's thinking? Right. And I always joke and I feel like, you know, there's crickets chirping. I'm like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> I used to think that way about other people. So, you know, God was like showing me, you've been there, you know, and it's an easy thing to fall into all of us can. I mean, yeah. you know, to, to judge yeah. others. You know? mm -hmm. And that's what, and what does he say about that? Judge not lest ye be, be judged mm -hmm. with the Maybe same, with the same measure you meet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's let's go to let's go to Second Corinthians one. Let's read that. Second Corinthians where? One. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One one. And then um, go down to verse four. All right. Let me read this in a passion. From Paul to God's called ones, his church in Corinth. I have been chosen by Jesus Christ to be his apostle according to God's perfect plan. Our brother Timothy joins me in writing to you and all the holy believers throughout the Roman province of Achaia. May undeserved favor and endless peace be yours continually from our Father God and from our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. All praises belong to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them this same comfort that God poured out upon us. Amen. So as you know, Terry was alluding to what she was saying, you know, individuals that have that have a struggle that's similar to yours. You see, you know, God has seen you victorious in that. Then there's a there's a there's a different level of 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 empathy naturally that you're gonna have because you know what that life is. You know what those those steps were, right? Now, with that being said, does that excuse the rest of us? From being not being empathetic, no. It's just that when dealing with certain individuals, certain types of people, it's going to be more of a it's going to be more of a challenge to our flesh, to our natural understanding, to count to be as as compassionate, empathetic to them. Right now, let's go to the other those other two groups that we mentioned. All right. Well, I, I think this would, um, I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, 
What do you guys think about people who say God doesn't come to your pity party? Hmm. Someone on TV says that, not Andrew. <clears throat> I think he comes to your pity party. He doesn't want you to stay there. He never leaves. So Jesus is always there with you. It's not like he's coming to it, but I guess he's with you and he's trying to get you to not be, you know. It depends, what you, it depends what you call pity. <clears throat> if you feel sorry for yourself, then he's probably not. Yeah. But if you're going through sorrow, he's, he's right there. I know. I disagree because I think that He's so compassionate that, like what you said, um, that person in the pity party is still suffering. Well, that's what he's saying. So right. I think that they're suffering, and he's, you know, does that person, they're negative, they're whatever, and don't you think that the way to get them out is to love them out of there oh, and to yes. give them a chance to go, yeah. you know, you're kind of sabotaging yourself right now, you know, like trying to explain to them, mm -hmm. this is not doing you any good. It's not the word of God. God doesn't want you here. You're basically everything you're doing right now is sabotaging yourself. And so, you mm -hmm. know, that's how I feel. That's good. I like but that. um, what was so interesting when I was in Puerto Rico, and I thought, Lord, I don't know about this, but it's fascinating, and I'm supposed to win the lost because I was in the bathroom from off the beach, and this beautiful young girl was. It came in the bathroom, and she was telling me how disappointed she was that they didn't have Veuve Clicquot champagne for her on the beach. And they had to go across to the store to go get it. And I, I don't know why, but I had compassion on her. And I said, this is interesting. Because clearly that's not anything to be upset about. And I just, that cracked me up. Like, I just sympathized with her. And I just said, well, at least they got you what you want. You know, at least they went ahead and got it. But. I thought that was hysterical. And I'm, what would most people's response be? I don't think mine. Oh, they didn't have my Veuve Clicquot champagne for me on the beach. They had to go buy some. And I, I just, I don't know why. I just sympathized with her. And I just thought, well, okay. But that, in reality, is ridiculous. <clears throat> okay. It's my experience with the pity party. At one point, our youngest son, we didn't know where he was. We had a phone call that he was asleep in his car out in front of somebody's house and nobody could wake him up and they thought he was dead. So he goes over there to find him and I'm sitting in. I woke him up. Yeah. I'm sitting in his had room. Had to bust the window out of the car. With a picture of him in my lap. And I'm rocking in the rocking chair, sobbing. Because if you knew the tragedy of things that had happened to him, sobbing. Mm -hmm. And I got quiet and I heard the Holy Spirit say, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I knew he knew what I was doing. I didn't have the nerve to say, I'm having a pity party. I'm feeling sorry for what we've been through, what he's been through. I didn't say anything. And then he continued. He said, you're acting like a woman with no hope. Oh. 
And I said, amen, you're right. This will never happen again. You should have been on my end. And he woke I, up. He was so upset his window was broken. I just started praising God. And I said from this day, because he had already given me a scripture in Jeremiah that stop, stop weeping. Your children will return from the enemy's camp. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I had he'd given me that word and I was ignoring it and I'm reacting in the flesh and just literally grieving. He didn't put up with it. Now, that could be where I was in the journey, but he didn't appreciate it. I say, I like what she said just there, mm-hmm. you know, where she was in the journey. You know, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> is, you know, the Holy Spirit is talking to her in a different way, mm-hmm. right? Because she, he, he, the Holy Spirit knows the type of relationship he has with her, right? And he had instructed me and I knew better. So it's mm-hmm. different. So, I mean, because, you, you know, people will throw out catchphrases like that. You know, God is not coming to your pity party and all that. But isn't he? He's the God of the broken hearted, mm-hmm. right? But you're and right. even he doesn't want you to stay that way. That's yeah. Right, because yeah. the thing about it is, it's like we are we are never a people without hope. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 problem is, your circumstances can can build up in such a way that you can feel that, where you're just blind to. You know the goodness of God because all you see is the drama and the stress, the, the the issues that are in your face. And see, and this is why, this is how, you know, into all all of us, the rest of the body, why prayer is such a powerful weapon, right? And and when we're talking to each other, being able to for us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, how, you know, how can how can I minister to this person? Do they need, do they just need somebody to sit with them and listen? Or do they need someone to slap them with the word? Say, hold on. You know what the scripture says. Mm-hmm. God is not giving you a spirit of fear. or want a power of love and a sound mind. You know who your God is. You need to get up and do X, Y, Z or whatever. But again, that takes us being, you know, more leaning on the Holy Spirit more, yeah, and, and, ju- and just not doing what we think is supposed to be, we think is supposed to be done. If you got the word in you, He'll give you the words to give to anybody that you're dealing with. Because there was no faith in the way I was acting, and faith pleases to talk to faith me. pleases God. Oh yeah, if somebody else that came to you and did it. You might realize. like. Who do you think you are? If they come in and the way you yeah. well, if they had come in and said to me, you know the promises that God's given you, you know the words He's given yeah, that you. Would be now, come on, general, you know. Yeah. But if somebody come in there, what are you doing? I don't understand. You know, but how people are like, who do you think you are? Talking to me like that. Yeah, like if you had come in and said that to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because he he sees. I think you men are all alike. You want to solve our problems. We don't necessarily want you to solve our problems. We want you to just empathize with us, mm-hmm. hold us, comfort us, encourage us. You don't have to solve the problem. Right. And, that, and, that, and that's a hard lesson for men. It is. It's like, it's like, what would you telling me for then? That's the kind exactly. of like the, the response. Exactly. So just want you to cry with me and hold me. Exactly. That's right. We'll fix it, guys. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. yeah. You want to fix it. Mm-hmm. We don't we want to need you to fix it. We just want you to. That, that day I, got, I had to break the window out of my son's car, wake him up. I was so thrilled that he woke up because I thought he was dead. I said, you're lucky you're awake because you're dead. I'd beat the snot out of your corpse. <laughs> I was so angry. Yeah. I was thrilled that he was alive, but I was so angry that I had to do that to get him. 
out of there. And then his response towards me was, oh, Dad, you thought you were saving my life. He was mad. His window was broke. And I stayed there for five minutes, banging on the window, banging on the windshield, banging right next to his ear. He wouldn't wake up. I don't know if he did drugs. He did something. But he he, he couldn't wake up. And my wife can go on for about five minutes. And, but my response at the end of five minutes would be, well, what do you want me to do? Mm. Like, yeah, I want you to do anything. Yeah. So, but me. I mean, that's us. We like, okay, so what you want me to do? Me, <laughs> whatever. So you can't do with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. Well, okay. We're action jackets. We got to remember. We're yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do something. There's a different perspective Dennis is trying to give to me, trying to help me. There's sometimes he goes Barry, or he calls me burial. He said it's um sometimes you let yourself get too deep into the person and you actually you need to make sure you balance it and to see that should be a balance because sometimes you can be so underfed that you're not helping them you cross the boundary too yeah he said sometimes you're so far into it you're not seeing you're not using wisdom objective yeah because you you lose objectivity yes Mm -hmm. he was telling me that he goes you are so compassionate he goes you need to be but he wasn't criticizing me he goes Mm -hmm. I don't, he's told me a million times when we had situation. He goes, I do not know how you love her. <laughs> he loves her to pieces. He goes, How do you love that way? I go, I don't know. I just do. He goes, But sometimes you have to balance it. Maybe it's true. It's like, the, you know, having the closeness with God, talking with Him, listening for His voice over the situation we're saying here about empathy and stuff of what people need is number one, God knows, but then if we're close with God and talk to him, he knows. He knows what we need, he knows what other people need. And, you know, it is amazing where God sometimes, I'm thinking about sometimes where he's just held me, you know, spiritually, you know, in my heart. And then there's times, and again, it's amazing how God can correct so firmly that it feels so good at the same time. But, you know, he's firm. As God told me, when you were saying your story about, you know, you know, were upset and he was like, hey, you know, no, you're not hopeless, is I was, I had a situation, something I was going to do. And I'm scared. And I know it was based on like being afraid of losing this relationship with God and the close. It was that kind of stuff. And I was driving down the road and I heard, stop being a drama queen. You know, I'm not leaving you. <laughs> and I was like, he, he knew I needed to hear that in that moment, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, God, it made me feel so good. But then, you know, it was like, you know, I needed to be nudged like, Hey, it's cool. You know, Cause it says it comes to a point we have to grow up, Yeah, you know, and not let our emotions rule us in our circumstances. Cause that's the life of faith. Yeah. But it still is what you said. If it's, if sometimes you're you deal with something, he knows exactly what you need. I go, I don't want to be there where I'm. There's some things going on. I go, I am not a victim. I am victorious. But at the moment, it doesn't feel. Who you're just saying, it doesn't feel like I'm victorious. But I then I begin to what I've been telling you is mm-hmm. I pray more in the spirit and mm-hmm. I go, I am not going to operate in myself mm-hmm. at that moment. I have been pushing it so hard and I'm. I'd be hearing him clear, I, and things are better. That doesn't mean sometimes I like, just cry. If something's going on, I just cry. But I, I, I go, I'm not a victim. I just feel like at that moment, I said, you have, you are still good. You are still good. You are still good. You are still good. And he's going, that's what I want you to do. Okay. All right. So we had mentioned two other groups. All right. When we talk about, the, you know, it being difficult to show empathy towards now political people who are on the on the other side of the aisle what they'll say 
Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Now, the question is, why is this, why is it so difficult to show empathy for people who have different political views than us? Because we think we're right. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much basic. Well, it used to be, it yeah. was just opinion. There you go. It used to be just opinion. Now it's moral. Now they want to kill, we want life. They want to give people drugs to get them going, oh, yeah, we want to stop it. Now it's a, it's a moral thing now. But we're in the days that now it's about yeah, yeah, it is. versus but evil. You it's see, not but, Republican versus Democrat. And that's it's the thing, yeah, because that's evil. the thing. Because you can't see, mix you parties can't, with You power. can't because they're, they're just, there are certain issues, there are certain issues that the red camp, you could say the same thing about, about them, about how they what some of these policies are, are are supporting oppression discrimination right isn't that death mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. then of course we already know about the other issues you know abortion and the the the, the marriage issue all yeah, that lgbtq cutting kids up all that stuff so when we talk about being empathetic understanding okay there's a reason behind why an individual feels passionate about one side or the other, or why they are totally against government altogether. There's, there's a reason behind all that. So do I have the right to just expel them as people, just dismiss them? Do I have the right to do that? No. I don't. But again, we can get so connected with certain issues that we 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 forget the big picture. Right? Yeah. You know what I thought a lot? I don't know if I mentioned this here before, but something in my mind, I don't know. I'm gonna say just you know, real. I think liberals a lot of times they have a lot of compassion. And they're trying to fix something, but they just don't have the biblical like grounding like we do as Christians. You know, if they're not in, or if they if they are Christian, I'm not saying you know that outlines mm-hmm. you know. But I'm just saying like if you're not a Christian or liberal, okay, I'm only that up there. I'm not going to try to them out. Okay, you know, y'all know what I'm trying to say here. Anyways, I hope everybody can wrap their minds around this. That you know, there's a lot of compassion, and there's a lot of like, well, let's fix it this way or that way, whichever issue it's abortion, if it's um, your sexual stance, you know, whatever it, it, uh, it's, you know, there's a compassion there. It's just, there's not the right way of fixing it. You know, they don't have this, what we have in front of us in their heart. So it's, well, this is the problem. Okay. Well, we'll fix it this way, but it's really not fixing it. And they're trying. And I've, I've seen that a lot in some of my friends that, you know, that I hold very dear to me that have different, you know, opinions. So just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would just like to interject, um, just going back to what Sue was talking about, and we're talking about empathy. Sometimes you may not be able to um, relate specifically, but you can relate on an emotional level. It's like Sue was, I guess she had compassion um, or and felt something for the the young lady that I guess she was you know, couldn't get whatever alcohol she wanted or whatever. But the emotion and the feeling that she, that she was dealing with was disappointment. Mm-hmm. 
And so we've all dealt with disappointments. So we, you know, so that's why I think, Sue, you were so, felt so bad for her. It's not because of the item itself. It was because of the disappointment. And so sometimes I think we just have to separate the specifics and get back to the emotion or the human side of things. Because basically we've all dealt with some type of stuff. You know, if one addiction is not any worse than another, you know, um, you know, sometimes people, I don't know, but, you know, you just can't be so specific. You have to find what the person is dealing with and have that compassion and empathy for that, because what everybody is going through, other people are going through. Other, we've all have gone through it and some, you know, dealing with something of our own. Um, that's what's going on with us. Mm-hmm. So that's, well, that's good. a good point because good. And I think what I'm hearing Stacy say is it's that person has maybe dealt with disappointment in her life in very many other areas. And that's just another disappointment. It wasn't specifically maybe the alcohol the thing that she wanted. It's just that if you, you can get into those patterns where you suffered a lot of disappointment and, well, it's just another thing. What, you know, what would you expect in my life kind of thing? And so that's what we need to minister to, not that maybe the specific. Well, and maybe. And even if it was the alcohol, alcohol for her, still it was a disappointment. And if we can relate it back to ourselves, of just having a disappointment, period. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the empathy would come in. It's like, okay, she's not really acting irrational because she's disappointed. (laughs) And I've been disappointed about maybe not that, but something else. Mm -hmm. And so I can empathize with her for being disappointed, Mm -hmm. period. And we're supposed to be winning, you know, we're supposed to be witnesses and trying to win people to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, maybe for her, she's lived a very privileged life. But if she doesn't know Jesus, she, you know, we know where she's going. So you can't necessarily judge some, you know, their normal response would be, well, don't you know there's people starving in Africa? Like, how is that going to connect you you have to connect with people in order to witness to them and be and talk to Jesus about them. So it's like, you know, I love what you said, the disappointment. And for her, if she's lived a privileged life, that is her level of disappointment. That's and right. So I need to, you know, so maybe that was just the way to connect with her. And so, but if otherwise you're just judging people. Exactly. So I love that you said the disappointment. And so it's like, you know, what? I think we all know the reality here. There's people starving in Africa and they ain't, you know, they wish they had. I mean, she's on this beach with me and just her hundred dollar, whatever. They didn't have my champagne. And I don't know why. I just, I love your response because I don't know my response was like, oh, okay. You know, and we bonded, so she's gonna listen to me. You never know. That's and but I love it. Like, don't be judging other people. Well, you don't know what I've been through. It's like no, but you can't compare. You 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 cannot compare people. 
We're, we got to find a way to connect with people to win them to the Lord. And telling them what an idiot you are is not going to connect with them. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we got to win these people to the Lord. Yeah, I think teacher uh, Julia said earlier something about that's where she is in her journey. You know, so connect with her wherever she is in her journey. But just like you were saying on Facebook, the negativity and the judgment, the criticism and the judgment. No, no, I, I, I didn't read that. I just saw just in general on Facebook. That's what happens. You know, there's a lot of judgment. And the, and the thing about when we talk about social media, right? You know, there's still it's it all it is is an instrument. It's a tool, right? Just like TV, just like internet, just like artificial intelligence. They are tools. Now, whether they're evil or not depends on the programming. Yes. Who's behind? Yes. Right. What, what what's behind it? So. You know, just like this, this the Facebook thing. Like you got people that genuinely use it to keep up with family. They may live here, and they they, they got an aunt that lives in Oregon, right? But we also know there's a lot of junk on there, mm-hmm. and it can be extremely toxic to your mental health, right? But depending on what you what's on your timeline. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not that it, it's that the the tool is inherently evil. It's just a lot of evil stuff on it. That's all. I had a guy show me a picture one time. This is twenty years ago. It was like a porno picture, and they printed on his computer. He said, "That's not a person, Gene." What are we talking about? That's just pixels. There's nobody in the world that looks like that. That machine just made up that whole thing. And I and I and at first I used to wonder why all these mechanics were getting computers. And then after I saw that, I thought, now I know why they're getting these computers. Because I used to walk up, walk up to those guys and say, "Why are you buying a computer for? It doesn't cut your grass, it doesn't wash your car. What are you going? What are you going to do with it? You know? Because I back then I had no idea. Still doesn't use it. I had no idea. Pretty girl, right? And okay. all, all those guys were talking about buying these. And back then, there was six and seven hundred dollars. Back then, that was equivalent mm-hmm. to six or seven thousand today. Oh yeah. And these guys were spending that kind of money. And I, what for? You know, I, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, it's it's the, the type of stuff that's out there. I won't even share it on on mm-hmm. on this this live because it's it's crazy. Yeah. Because if you again, how how whatever direction you want to go in, you can go. You can go. And get get deep down that rabbit hole, whether it's the righteous path or whether it's the fleshy path, you you can get all you want. Yeah. I'm anti computer. I can't even turn my phone on and off. 
I, t- I always tease people. I just learned that you don't turn the computer off by pulling the plug. Okay. <laughs> now let's. All right. Now I want to go to the 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 other people group. Now, why is it so difficult for us to connect with you know those in the LGBT community? I think that to answer that question, difficult, um, it seems to get difficult with believers when, say, a believer in that group tries to justify their lifestyle. That seems to be when it gets difficult for believers who are not in that group. Now, can we be empathetic without validating? Absolutely. Yes. I'm sorry. I mean, um, it's a personal note. I know you can. You can love without, they know how you stand, but you love them anyway. And you pray. I think the answer is extreme love because they need it. I think the answer is we have to. Not can we, we have to. It is true on that, but I have this personal thing is really strong because. Well, being a man is hard because you want to be nice to these guys and then they might take that wrong and think you're hitting on them. So, like being a guy, you kind of, you got to be, you know, you have to be careful when you're trying to be, you know, real friendly with the LGBT. You, whatever. Now, that, you know, that kind of, it depends on the, you know, if you have a certain type of energy about you, you know, you, you a man, you, there's, there's a level of natural distance, a boundary that's going to be set with that. But in all those relationships, there's two men. One of them's a man, one's a woman in every relationship. But the thing about it is, you know, we talk about and see with this one, I've, I heard, it was a while back. I heard some, you know, some individuals that were delivered out of that lifestyle. Who, you know, they they were free from that, and they talked about how the 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 lack of of understanding or wanting to understand was such a detriment for people from people receiving the truth. You know, and and see, and that's something that I think a lot of us. You know, we still we got we got work to do with that. So I think it is from people who are it's, it's an unnatural thing, mm-hmm. and so sometimes it's hard to wrap our brain around mm-hmm. that. You know, it's because it seems like mm-hmm. an unnatural thing, and so we like, you know, the question is how. I knew a guy that came out of that came into the church. I wasn't comfortable around him until he got married. <laughs> I'm serious. I just wasn't comfortable around him because I didn't I didn't know where he's coming from. You know? I have any personal tie really big. I listened to this person talk mm-hmm. and they will they would let you know and know in certain terms the way they feel. But also being so personally involved, there is a lot of pain they have dealt with. Mm-hmm. And they are still dealing with it. And they know that I Give them full love, and I, they know that I don't, I don't support what they do. I support who they are, who they really are, and their love and their care about stuff. 
-hmm. And that it's helped me to, it doesn't mean I still, because we will say it's like, oh, how, you know, I like that, but I, by being so personally, I mean, really personal with this person, you see a whole lot. I've seen a lot of pain, and there's no a lot of pain. Right. And see, it have an understanding that, you know, mm -hmm. being being privy to that, it's going to change your perspective. It does. Right. You know, because. I still don't, you know, you know, agree with it, and I, it, it does conflict with, you know, God made a man and a woman. But because I'm so close, I see things why and how the deception has been. But all I do is pray and I keep loving because I love that person so very, very much. A friend of and mine married a gay guy and it took six months before she figured it out. She had people come to her and tell her before the wedding, don't marry him, he's gay. She refused to believe it. And it took five or six months and she came to me and said, Gene, it's true. He's gay, and, and uh, he was just doing this to make his father happy. He married somebody, you know? But like I said, with her, for me, I've I've learned it's not just, there's certain things that trigger something, something like that. Exactly. So there's a story behind. And so that's what, I, that was allowed me to be empathetic. Said, okay, I don't know what, it could have been child abuse. It could have been abandonment. Mm -hmm. They're turned on. And so, you know, that's what I look at. I say, okay, I don't know what, because it's not just like, oh, there's something wrong with it. Just, no, maybe something that they experienced triggered that type of behavior, that, some type of trauma. And so I, that's what allowed me to come, you know, empathetic. Like, okay, I don't know. It's just not like, oh, you like that. It's wrong. No. Like, in her case, there's a lot, maybe a lot of pain behind what they experienced. And so I'm like, okay, so I can't just bash him. I'm like, okay, you don't know what type of, you know, trauma or experience they had to maybe trigger something like that. And even, and even to, the enemy does his job well. Right. He does. And we all get areas where we've gone off wrong. Mm -hmm. And that just happens to be that mm -hmm. area. Right. And sometimes we Christians make that area worse than... I'm with Jesse Duplantis. Jesse Duplantis said, um, you'll never see me in bed with a hairy-legged man. He said, I can promise you that. He said, I don't care how much money he's got. <laughs> so, you know, just think, just tying back to what you said, you know, is when we talk about things that lead us down a certain path, experiences we have, in the environment we grow up in, right? Just like you could be triggered down, down the path of of going that going down that that certain lifestyle that route, you can be triggered to be a gossip, yeah, mm -hmm. to be a backbiter, to be a cheat, yep. right? Mm -hmm. All of the and, and and what to say? What does God say about all of it? Yeah. <laughs> it's all sin. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, now we you know we understand what the scripture says, and we understand the collateral the collateral damage with certain sin. Mm -hmm. Right. But that doesn't excuse us from being called to love and be empathetic. That don't mean validate. That's what see, I don't validate. That don't mean validate, but it does mean be empathetic and still show show love, consideration, mm -hmm. kindness. All that's with that we they not they not exempt from receive receiving that from us. 
and they had a guy in the church who was dating his mom. That must have been tough, you know. I mean, that's what Paul. I mean, Paul dealt with that stuff in, in the yeah, church of Corinth. Yeah, he did. I have a question. Hey, Mike. There was a a very famous Christian singer, and um, she hosted a two women wedding at her property. So, does the Bible say anything about that, or like going to that kind of a wedding? And if it was your friend doing that was hosting, that Amy Grant, what would you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't want to use her name, but. So does the, what does the Bible say about that? And then what if that person, what if that was your friend who was hosting the wedding? So how do you, what is the answer to that? Does the Bible talk about that? I mean, I, I, to me, me personally, I wouldn't do it, but I've heard stories of, you know, people doing, not the Holy Spirit, I say. If they were my friend, I'd call them and say, look, I love you, but you, you ain't doing yeah. that in my house. Well, I'm just saying, for yeah. me, I, I can't see right. myself, but I'm not going fast person because I remember him seeing a conversation with a preacher who, you know, they asked him, well, if your friend, you know, and he said he would go. He he don't agree with it, but he would go. Now, that's him. How he's but led. what does the Bible say is my question. Where, but there's no, but see, yeah. That, yeah, that you can't pigeonhole that specific yeah. situation because I could pull out scripture. To say, because because I can I can use Psalm one to to justify not going, right? <laughs> right. But the, I could pull out scriptures that we use tonight to justify going. So this is why you know situations like specific situations, are how we live out the scripture, we need the Holy Spirit to interpret right. for us right. in the moment. Right. I because I could that. definitely I could definitely you know pull scripture to condemn that for sure. I would feel like I was approving it if I had it in my house, you know. Yeah, there was a situation in my family where a situation where I didn't agree with what they were doing. And I was like, and I was inviting someone, and I was like, I'm not going with them. And I prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit says, No, I want you to go. But I let them know I didn't agree with it. Same thing happened to me. I quit going to weddings, period, when I got saved. So, and the Lord told me, says, but, um, stop it. You're acting like you're too good for them. So what I used to do, I used to go early, give them a gift, make sure they knew I was there. And then I'd get out of there before they got drinking and partying, you know? So that way I could still show up and people wouldn't think I think I'm I'm better than everybody. Well, just like even my person, I know my, my youngest daughter, she was just, you know, acting out. Acting out, and I was like, and just going that season, and you know, she had just graduated in college, and she was acting out, and then, but if she was acting, I okay, putting her out, just get your own place. That was my mind thought. That's what I was gonna do. You know, pray about it, and um, that's here. The Holy Spirit says, "No, nah, don't, don't." And put it out. He knows he, better than you. He said, "You focus on a relationship." Yep. Mm -hmm. And so when I begin to do that, things begin to get change. Things begin to change. Yep. It didn't ever get where I wanted to, but I saw like, okay. So I'm saying, you know, if I talk to the average person, oh yeah, you because look what she, yeah, you got. Mm -hmm. I had every right to do that, but. 
Missing the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. sometimes they ain't always as they use the word cookie cutter, like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is what I want you to do. And sometimes it may not make sense to people. It's like, well, why do you? You know, hey, you know, why didn't you do that? That's the obvious thing to do. That's the ob- no, but when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, sometimes he go against the grain because he, yeah, he sees. Right. You he know, does. Think, he does. He does. I think he does. about with like sometimes with companies. I know we all probably do this here, like boycotting something if they're supporting something bad, and I'm totally for that. But I, in the past years, because I used to be big on that, and I, I still am to a you know degree, very balanced degree, but. I go, what if I boycotted it and I needed to, you know, some coffee shop down the street or something because I knew they were giving money to a very, like, I would say, like, pro-abortion, like, you know, organization or something like that. And, of course, I don't want my money going there. But then, you know, God put in my heart, like, hey, that cashier down there, they need me. I want you to start visiting in there. And God will, I, I just have to believe God will bless my money. You know, it'll be, it'll somehow, some way, it's going to. Mm-hmm. Balance out the way it needs to be. You know, it's like, I want you to go in there. I want you to, or I want you to smile. Or I want you to have a, a, um, an encouraging, you know, some kind of word in your heart. Maybe I just need to just go talk to them. Okay, you know, have a great day. You're doing a great job. So that's where we said it's like it comes to listening to God each moment. Kevin has something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, hope it's not too late. Um, so I, I was going to say that. You know, Julius, you had mentioned about collateral damage and and not walking in love toward that group would increase the collateral damage. Um, Having kind of moved around a little bit more so than I like different little parts of the country, paid opportunity to meet a lot of different, I guess, types of, I would say, believers, but denominations or whatever. And and so there are there are groups, whereas groups of believers who are in are actually have lgbtq churches Mm -hmm. that profess christ and so at you know with that in mind and some who would lgbtq who would not weren't welcome to you know your average church so they go there and they hear the message of Christ. So at some point, wouldn't, and of course, there would have to be a revelation to acquire uh, from Scripture and from God's voice, hearing his voice. But at some point, like what Paul said, he says, you know, whether in pretense or in truth, if Christ is preached, people will get born again, regardless of in the LGBTQ community or out of the LGBT community. Hear the message, get born again, not be so concerned about lifestyle, or you can just say sin in your life, what kind of sin is in your life, what kind of sin is not in your life, and allow God to deal with that, whatever it is, you know, whether it's, you know, um, church group but they all believe in smoking weed marijuana or well there's a church group they all believe in you know uh sleeping with the same sex or whatever you know if they're preaching christ at some point that scripture would apply whether in pretense or in truth if christ is preached and then 
you know, I got a revelation from uh, the parable, uh, and I think it's Matthew and Mark, but Matthew, <laughs> where the sower, someone, I think we might have talked about this before, but mm-hmm. kingdom of God is like a man who sows good seed, and then while everybody slept, he woke up, and there was terror toward amongst the seed, and so they asked the, the householder or the or the master or sir, you know, what are we going to do? Should we pull these up? You know, and he said, no, don't pull them up because you'll pull up some of the wheat with the tear, but let them all grow together. And it seemed like the things we we're talking about kind of applies. It's like, don't pull them up, let them grow together. And basically they're doing the harvest, which that's God's job. And the reapers are the angels. Let them separate the tear mm-hmm. and the wheat. Yeah, now let me jump in because see now you know because we getting in some some real serious some real you know the, the theological things mm-hmm. now right you know we can count on Kevin Kevin gonna take us there <laughs> right because but the thing about it is think about it though right so the message of of harsh judgment zero tolerance for you being in our presence as far as that that community. Look at what that birthed in the church. You got in, in this particular denomination, right? That type of condemnation develops a, 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 a church that endorses the lifestyle. Now, if you go to that church, then how, how much of a chance is it you're going to be delivered from that? When that lifestyle is being affirmed in that environment, and if right? you have a whole gay church, if the word's being preached, those guys should leave it one at a time. And the church wouldn't exist anymore. But because think about it now, because there is no first church of the cannabis wheat, the cannabis leaf, right? I bet there is one somewhere. Right? There, 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 that, that, that we know of. That we know of. Not, not, well, not in Paul's time. Oh, right. That's true. Not in Paul's yeah. time. Yeah. Right? Or, or, or okay. the, the, the first church of Gospels. Oh, okay. Gossipers. Gossipers. Right? Gossipers. See, that's the thing. Now, when, when we talk about being, being empathetic and compassionate, that don't mean that we just deny clearly what the scripture says. But see, the problem is, like the scripture that Kevin alluded to, right? The wheat and the tares. You, the word needs to be preached. The gospel needs to be preached. Let me just be specific. The gospel. And what is the gospel? It's the good news. Right? Too good to be true. I don't have to add to what the scripture says to bring conviction. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Mm-hmm. But now, if you if you have a, an environment where the gospel is being preached, then you're allowing the word to do the cleansing and the convicting and the delivering. Mm-hmm. Instead of you taking the, the, the hammer of the law to put that up in the forefront. Because what that cut, what the letter, what does the letter do? Kills. Right? Kills. Because there's no there's no hope there. 
If I know I'm dealing with X, Y, Z, and all you telling me is, is what my consequence is, what am I going to sit there for? If there's no good news behind that. But again, if that if the self-righteous law law only preaching is what's being brought forth, then you're gonna get these this this weird offspring where you have certain certain places of of religious gathering that affirm and endorse things that the scripture clearly condemns. That's why the gospel always has to be at the forefront. We are not ministers of the law. We are ministers of reconciliation. We don't have to apologize for the word, but we are not the lawgivers. Our Lord is. And he, he knows that all of us are guilty. So all I'm doing is telling you how good our God is to, to have forgiven us of our sin. Now we've gotten to some stuff tonight. Uh, that, was, that was awesome. That was that was a little. That's mm -hmm. so we we gonna have to do, we got to do a part two to this. Yes, yes that was good. That's a good all right. start. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, y'all thank Kevin for that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, he's out like, like, Yeah, that's right. He gonna he gonna take us deeper. He fired it. That's right. See you like that at home, Stacey. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I pray for you more, woman. She started it. He goes deep. That's right. All right, y'all. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.